Welcome everybody to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. Today, I'm back with Aiden. We In our previous episode, we talked about the day three of the draft and kind of went over to those guys briefly. We will talk about Hufanga in the future, but today we're just going to kind of recap that day one and two because on day two is just me making videos. And then on day one, we just had a quick video about Lance. And of course, there's a lot of things to talk about Trey Lance. So always a, always a good time to talk about the draft. So I guess this will be like our, our draft recap kind of episode but it's going to exclude day three. So I, I just, I'm, let's get right into it. I want to, I want to talk about Trey Lance to start this episode. Um, kind of talk about just where like the, the philosophy of this Kyle Shanahan offense is going. Cause I find it very, very fascinating, but let's start out. I'll ask you this question, Aiden, cause I know you have a different answer than me, but when is Trey Lance going to start? Okay. So Kyle came out and said that it will be obvious when Trey Lance starts. I think, we get to week 10, the Niners are six and four, seven and three, and Jimmy isn't looking awesome. Well, we're getting kind of those those Trey Lance rumblings, similar to the Patrick Mahomes in 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 practice kind of things. And I think similar to what Baltimore did to um with Lamar, where they were like an okay team, they were right around five hundred, but they utilized the new quarterback to push them into the playoffs and give teams an element that they weren't ready to prepare for. Um, obviously teams have adapted since then, but Baltimore won like five straight with Lamar to make the playoffs. And I could see Kyle looking at that and seeing, Oh, like that's a great idea. But obviously that's very contingent on Jimmy not playing well. If he plays like 2019, Jimmy, I don't think Lance plays the whole year. Um, but if Jimmy, even pre-injury last year, didn't look awesome, if he plays that, if he plays 2020 Jimmy over 2019 Jimmy, I, w- I would be shocked if Lance doesn't start at least five-ish games. Um, but I think you're going to talk more about the, the sub-packages and stuff like that. Yeah, so I actually, this is something that we definitely disagree on. I don't think that, that Lance is going to start like at all. And, and of course, unless Jimmy gets hurt, because I, I do think he will be the backup quarterback. Um, we saw Jordan Love going to Green Bay, and he was their third their third string quarterback. And I actually like Jordan Love, but I don't think we're going to see that with Trey Lance. And I know that he's you know going to be behind on the eight ball and stuff. But Kyle can build an offense around a- any kind of players. It's just how he's going to really maximize that. And something that we we kind of knows with him is that he he is a very raw player. We also saw Josh Allen come out and he was raw, but he started right away. I don't think that's going to be the case with Lance. I would be I'd be very surprised with him. And just kind of going back a little bit, I like Trey Lance a lot. He was my my quarterback 2A, I said. He was my 2A. Fields was my 2B. Um, I did think Fields made a little bit more sense. They went with Lance. I'm excited. I, I actually bought, I don't know if I told you this, and I bought a Lance jersey. So I'm I'm stoked. It's in the mail right now. Um, so I, I'm really excited about that. But I was I was really surprised that they took him. I was I was not expecting that at all. Um, but I, I really do expect him to sit the whole year. So when we're kind of talking about when he's gonna start. I think he'll be the starting quarterback of 2022. I think that the 49ers feel like their roster is good enough to win with Jimmy. And I don't think that they feel like they can like elevate or like you, like, you know, like they don't want to have a dumbed down version of the offense to start this year. They want to get the ball into the, their playmakers hands. And I don't think they quite feel like, and this could obviously change in training camp, but just how I'm expecting how they feel right now is that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do the, give them the best chance to win early on. Now, like you said, if they don't start out and they don't look that good or their offense doesn't look that good, there is a chance that Trey Lance comes in there, especially if he's like ahead of everything in preseason and early on in training camp or whatnot. 
Now there are no OTAs this year, or at least the Niners aren't going to be in OTAs because they like opted out of them. So I think that makes it a little bit tougher for Trey, just kind of less and less practice, you know, less time on the field. Obviously the dude hasn't seen the field that much. So I would be really surprised if he doesn't, if he starts this year, but I'd also be very, very surprised if he does not start week one of 2022 either. So I, I do think it's a one year kind of project thing. I know that term gets brought about brought up a lot, like this project quarterback. I think he's a little bit different because I think that, yeah, he's a project quarterback, but he's also a clearly a very intelligent player, a guy that's called a, and ran a very similar offense and had like, and ran it hands on where he's calling audibles. He's doing a lot of things. So I think that he's a, I think he's not like a true, like two year project quarterback. Like a lot of people think he is. I think it's going to be one year and he's ready to go in 2022. Um, but you brought up the sub packages stuff. I think we're going to see him once in a while in 2021. And I think it's going to be really exciting when we see him. Um, we were talking just like about potentially having a, him in like goal line and things like that. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but what are your thoughts on them? Maybe doing something like that. Uh, I think it would bring a totally new wrinkle. Um, Jimmy obviously isn't going to run the read option game, uh, at least not in a super effective manner. Um, but Trey Lance is a guy who can definitely do that. Um, I, I brought it up before the pod, but imagine a triple option with with Hurd and Sermon and Lance. It sounds kind of deadly to me, but like it it just gives Kyle another way to scheme and another way to get people open and another way to get touchdowns. And I think that's, that's huge, especially in, in the red zone where the Niners haven't been the best team um, over the last couple of years. So definitely super excited to see what, what Cal can cook up. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of like bringing in a guy for like two point conversions and short yardage situations and having just like kind of a different player, especially if you have like a, a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo in at quarterback, I think that's a really cool thing to do. Um, I hope they do that this year. Um, because I talked, I think I don't know if I talked about this with you. I think I talked about it with you and on the pod. But I thought that the Patriots were going to trade for Jimmy, but still utilize Cam Newton in a role like that. Obviously, a much larger role than I think Trey Lance will have in his rookie year. But I still think the 49ers can implement something where Trey Lance comes on the field, and even if it's just for power run situations or to pick up a first down on fourth and one. Um, and maybe we'll see him in the backfield with those two guys in 2021. Because I think that'd be really fun. Um. You definitely see everyone lose their mind for a minute pre-snap. Uh, that'll be that'll be fun to see. Um, much like the the Jarek McKinnon Wildcat formation, if you remember that last season, though that one did not work out too well. So I hope that this one does. <laughs> um, but but just about about Trey Lance and and not for the sub package stuff, but when he does end up starting, whether that be in 2021 or 2022, what should we expect from him early on in your mind? I think just obviously completely different players, but think back to that RG3 Washington team um, where Kyle like really started that, that zone read in the um, NFL. And he came out this week and said something really interesting. He was like, we didn't even run the zone read that, that, that often, but teams were so scared of it that it allowed Alfred Morris to run for like 1600 yards. So if, if he's able to bring a new wrinkle that he doesn't even have to just, just the threat of it being there. And I think Lance allows you to do a lot more things with that, but kind of to go back to the earlier point, when is the last quarterback to be picked top five that didn't start at some point during his rookie year? I can't think of one like Baker with the Browns. Tyrod was, was going to start, but then Baker was thrown in there. Trubisky started. Watson started. Obviously, wasn't top five. Allen started. I don't. 
really Mahomes key. is the guy, but he went what was it twelve or thir- no eleven? Yeah, 10? I think it was ten. I guess, but they they were. He's not a, top five. No, but I guess that's a that's a decent comp. But I guess Alex Smith and Jimmy were in the same tier. Um, they they felt they could win with with Alex Smith. I don't know, but just one of those things that if if you're gonna pick a guy at at three, and I think some quarterback needy team like. The Broncos, if if they don't get Rodgers, it's going to come to week six, and they're like, we have this good roster, and Teddy Bridgewater is not getting it done. Fine, we'll give you the first-round pick. I could see that happening um, over Lance not starting a single game, I guess. No, that's that's something interesting. Um, and, and we talked about Josh Allen a little bit. Josh Allen did start really early on, but – the thing was, I th- I think he's he played a whole other season, and I think I think Allen played three seasons at Wyoming, um, maybe not a full three seasons, but it might have been two and something. But Lance played one season and then one additional game, so I think that there would be a much more likely chance that he would start right away, even if he's a really raw player. If he would have started all of last year, but obviously that didn't happen. You know, he played one game so it's hard to kind of judge that way um i do think that's what makes it different but that also makes it hard to even even judge where he's at as a player as well because he could look really different and i know he's been training with jordan palmer um and and if those like the the parts of the game that he's really really smart like strong on are just understanding the offense and being able to run it like that and he's way ahead of the curve you could see him go in there now at the same time you're gonna need to see his motion look way different but if that's what he's been working on and he already has that that other side to his game sort of i think there there is a potential chance um and and we all also talked about it the maybe inevitable jimmy Garoppolo injury could always kind of lead to that as well so there's that aspect of it um but but i want i want to kind of get into a little bit of like what i think the offense is going to look like um because i think this is i think this is the coolest part of it i think early on we're not going to see the same kind of Kyle Shannon offense I still think we're going to see a, a ton of motions, ton of guys, you know, moving in and out of the offense, a lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage. But I think what else is going to happen is it's going to be a lot more running. There'll still be, you know, the outside zone scheme, but I think we're going to see a lot more running in between the tackles. And you look at a pick like Aaron Banks, and we're going to get into him right after this, but you look at those kind of picks and you go, wow, this team is really trying to build like a very strong offensive line and a very strong running attack. And then off of that, you're going to see a lot of downfield shots in the play action. And I think that's something that we've kind of seen Kyle Shanahan already do, even with even with Nick Mullins and even with C.J. Beathard, he, he's always going to do that. But you're going to see teams going all in on a potential handoff or even like a Trey, a Trey Lance run where they have to really put all of their guys and stack the box because they can't stop it. And we're going to see, I think, Ayuk and Kittle having just really flourishing in an offense where where that, that it gives them the chance to flourish those two guys, especially. So I think that we're going to see them utilize a little bit more. I don't think it's the best thing for Debo Samuel's future, just because unless he can develop more of a, of a downfield threat, which of course there's a chance. And I mean, I know me and you love Debo and I, I think he's going to have a great year in 2021, but with, with Lance, I think the guys that are helped the most are Kittle and Ayuk in that offense and just the running game as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to focus on the running backs a little bit, uh, specifically in 2022. Even this year, you could kind of see it. I expect Mostert to take a significant step back and be much more of a change of pace guy. I think Sermon and Wilson are going to get the majority of, of the carries between the two of them. While like 
if, if, if you got two guys that can wear down the, the opposing defense, and then you got a healthy, fresh Mostert coming off the bench, he's going to be even that much faster. Um, and I think that's what Shanahan sees, especially in 2022 with a guy like Elijah Mitchell, um, who got picked late, but is in that Mostert mold where I think Kyle is going to move away from the fast light guy because he sees him get get injured too often and i think sermon specifically in 2022 when we both expect lance to be walking into week one as the un unquestioned starter i think it's going to be a different of a different philosophy with with kyle i think you you made a really good point and you like mentioned it when when you said in between the tackles that's something that sermon's going to do over a guy like mitchell or raheem mostert and i think we're going to go back to power football over kind of the outside zone that, that we've been running for the last couple of years. Yeah, no, and I like it a lot. Cause I think like when you kind of bring in that power football dynamic, I think it makes the, the Brandon Ayukes and the George Kittles that much more important. Not, not only for Kittle, even if we see Kittle's numbers go down cause they run the football a lot, which I think is the chance Kittle's going to be so important in this new offense where it's a lot more running and the team is, is more built on the offensive line in years past, which I absolutely love. But no, I, I think I think you're spot on there. I think that's something that we're going to see. Um, I also think that there's a reason why they brought in, what is it, six running backs? Um, and we'll talk about Trey Sermon a lot. I, I'm stoked for that pick. But I, I don't know. I think I think we're going to see a, a very a large change in the philosophy that Kyle Shanahan's had. Um, and I, I really just think that speaks to his ability to adapt in the NFL. So looking forward to it. I think Trey Lance is, I think there's a lot that we can expect from him when he becomes a starter. And I think we can really, we should expect the offense to look a lot different than Kyle's offenses that looked in the in past, even pretty much all of his offenses. And I think the closest thing you're going to, you're going to be able to kind of resemble it to is the, the RG three offense in Washington, which the NFL looks way different now. So it, it'll look even way different than that. But I think that's the only thing you can kind of think of. And really, we don't really know what to expect. So I think it's going to be really exciting to kind of see how that turns out. But that'll do it. it that'll do it for Trey Lance. Let, let's move on to, to Aaron Banks, though, because I think this is a really fun pick. We we brought up the philosophy of the Niners are trying to build this power power football team and just a really physical team and f- physical offensive line as well. And you look at their their second round pick. We expected them to go secondary or wide receiver at that spot. And they said, nope. We're going to go offensive guard and we're going to build this offensive line. And not only did they go interior offensive line, they didn't go Creed Humphrey, which was more of the style that I kind of expected them to go after. They went after a dude that's six foot five, 335 pounds, who's a great pass blocker, who's just a, a, a big mauler, as, as you would see in, in games like Madden and whatnot when you're talking about offensive line. But I, I'm excited for this pick. Um, but but what were you just your thoughts when you when you saw offensive guard pop up on your screen in the second round? Definitely a little bit of of some some surprise, and even more so when we were joking before the draft with Ricky, and you were like, we we were talking about offensive linemen in in some some capacity, and you asked if if he was three hundred pounds, and you were like, Kyle Kyle doesn't pick any 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 lineman above three hundred or be, above three hundred, and this guy is six five three thirty five. I think you said there's a giant human being. And I think like, like you said, um, he, he's a great pla- he He's a great pass walker. He's not easy to get past, but he does have some questions in, in, in space, which I guess Kyle thinks he can coach him up and, and, and fix. Cause that's so important in, in the zone running scheme. 
or maybe we're going to go, like I mentioned before, a lot more power and less moving for the offensive linemen. But the basics for this pick for me are basically that Brunskill is not going to start at right guard. I would be very surprised if Aaron Banks is not the starting right guard week one while we groom Brunskill to be the center of, of the future. No, I definitely think there's a chance that that happens. Um, and just kind of looking at Aaron Banks, you brought up like the 300-pound thing. I want to say Lankin Tomlinson's around 315. I think Trent Williams around 315. McGlinchey played at like, like 275 last year. I don't know what it was. It was super low. But he's usually like right around like 300 or like 295 kind of range. Um, and I think he'll be he'll be back playing there. And I want to say Alex Mack is also around that size. So it's way different than what they've done. And so it, it was just surprising. Like I And I actually had a guest on, and we talked about Aaron Banks being a really good guard in the class. And I was like, look, I, I'm not like questioning that he's not a good player or whatnot. Cause I think he's allowed like one, one sack and a thousand, a thousand five hundred snaps. I think it was around there. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think it's somewhere in that vicinity. And, and for, for Aaron Banks, it was just like, I don't really think that they're going to, you know, have him as a fit. And, and when you kind of look into how he's viewed as a prospect, the thing that people question is he, that he doesn't have light feet and that he doesn't have this agility in space, but what they praise him for is just the the explosiveness and how powerful he is. So it's way different. Um, also brought up McGlinchey. He's also like really good friends with Mike McGlinchey as well, which is which is cool to see. Um, apparently McGlinchey was banging the table like you guys got to go get him. Like you know he's a great dude. Um, I do think I do, will say I think this is going to help McGlinchey out a ton because that that right guard spot was not good. And you're gonna hopefully we haven't really talked about him as a starter, but he should start week one. Do you think that's the case? I yeah, I would be surprised if if he does not start week one. Yeah, I mean, so you're gonna have a guy maybe that you plug and play there week one. That's a very good pass protector. That that that's that's where he is the best because you're not getting past him. And then if if Mike isn't that great in the pass game, it's gonna help him help him so much having him having uh, Banks next to him and then Alex Mack at center. That that's a huge deal, I think. Um, so I definitely think I think the biggest winner of this move is probably Mike McGlinchey, if we're being honest, because even if they would have drafted a guy like Creed Humphrey, he's not going to help be able to help Aaron Banks as much on that on that outside. I mean, I'm sorry, not going to be able to help Mike McGlinchey as much on that outside. Um, so I love the pick. Um, the the explosiveness, the how powerful he is, is it's going to go a long way, I think. And we're gonna we're gonna see him kind of plowing the way for Trey Sermon, I think, in the future here. And and also, I, I think I saw this. Was was he a former basketball player as well? Yeah, I think I saw that 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 clip of a giant dude backing somebody down uh, in what looked like a high school game, but I'm pretty sure that I saw that. Yeah, so I mean, the athleticism is there; it's for sure there. Um, I, I'm I'm a big fan of this pick. It was really like, what the heck is this? Like, where they're going guard? Like, I didn't expect it at all. But I think that's kind of how the draft went, especially day one and two. Um, the, the only thought spot that I thought they were going to address was corner, like in, in day two, that was like pretty sure. And, and they did do that, but running back in offensive guard in, in day two was definitely a surprise, but yeah. A- anything else you wanted to add on Aaron Banks before we talk about Trey Sermon? Uh, excited to see him plow some inside running lanes for Sermon and Lance. Yep, definitely. All right. So, so Trey Sermon, uh, you, you, we kind of talk about, you know, how the draft works and, a lot of people do not like picking running backs early. I love this pick. 
And a lot of people felt that Trey Sermon should have been picked earlier than he did. Um, obviously played at Oklahoma for three years. Then he goes to Ohio State. Um, and they didn't. And Ohio State didn't use him in the passing game as much. But what I've what I've heard is that he is a phenomenal pass catching back. Um, I definitely watched more of the Ohio State stuff. But apparently, at if you look at his Oklahoma film, the, you see him you know excel in the passing game. Um, and just when when you watch him, the thing that stands out the most is the balance. And it is elite. It is top-notch running back balance, and, and that just popped off the screen to me. I don't think that we've seen a running back in San Francisco with with this type of ability to stay on, like stay on his feet in in a long time. I think you you kind of look back when when the 49ers had Frank Gore, and one of the things that made Frank Gore so great was if it was third and three, he could get hit a yard, you know, a, a yard and have two yards left, and he would find a way to stay up on his feet and fall forward and get that first down. I think Trey Sermon is going to be a guy like that. But but what were your just overall thoughts on the pick? I really liked it. I'm not a huge fan of going running back super early, especially in the Shanahan offense. But I think Kyle sees something in in in, in Sermon. For me, the most impressive thing is that short yarded is is the quick burst. He's not like like a sprinter in that he runs a four three, but his first ten yards, he's a lot faster than people expect him to be. Similar to Mostert, obviously in a different way. Like Mostert looks like he's not running that fast when he's blowing by people, but Sermon is so quick, and I think he he brought up everything that that he does well in his interview. After he was like, "I can catch passes, I can run the ball, I can protect the quarterback." And he's a bigger dude, six foot two fifteen. I think you have on here, and I I really like the pick. I think he's another guy for Shanahan to mold, and I think in twenty twenty two, pick him in fantasy. <laughs> so so okay, th- that was going to be my next question for you is is what should we expect from him? And I'll I'll start out with twenty twenty one because you just brought up twenty twenty two. I think that he could very well become the lead back this season. I would not be surprised whatsoever. I think that right now, just how the running back room kind of looks is you have him and Raheem Mostert fighting to be the main ball carrier. And I think if Trey Sermon wins that battle, Mostert could potentially get moved. I wouldn't expect that to happen. I would still expect them to utilize Mostert unless Elijah Mitchell like completely balled out and kind of took over that, that Raheem Mostert role. But I think these two guys, I think Trey Sermon and Raheem are the two guys fighting for that that one, you know, running back one spot in, in Kyle's offense. I think the loser of that that kind of, you know, training camp battle is probably going to be the second guy that second guy in touches. And then I think Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell are kind of vying for that three spot and they'll probably both make the roster. And then I think that Hasty's probably on the practice squad and and Wayne Gallman's more of a camp body than anything, in my opinion. Um, which isn't to knock him. I mean it's a pretty good camp body in my opinion. So I, I like it. I like that as your, you know, your fifth or sixth guy in your, in your running back room. But I think with Trey Sermon, you know, one of the big, I guess the big issues with him. And I think a lot of people didn't like this is he doesn't have home run speed, not a guy with big straight line speed, but he makes up for it because his 10 yards, his 10 yard split in his 40 is phenomenal. Like his burst is, is top notch. His ability to make guys miss top notch, and he's great in the passing game. I, I think that that maybe Sermon is not exactly the same guy, but we could see him used in, in maybe a role that it, that Kyle Shanahan wanted to use Jarek McKinnon in before he was injured uh, and kind of had to battle a lot of injuries. 
I think the difference with with Jet McKinnon is that he he had a lot more straight line speed before his injury. Um, and maybe Trey Sermon doesn't have that, but he still has the burst. He has the size because that was something that was kind of forgotten about McKinnon is that he was pretty thick and Sermon's very thick. I, I definitely think Sermon's a better player and in, in, that should be projected to be a better player in the NFL than than Jet McKinnon ever was. So I, I love it. Um, I'm excited to see how they utilize him in the passing game because he's probably I, I'm very confident he is the best passing back on this roster as is right now. Um, and if And if he's able to adjust to the pass blocking of the NFL early on. And if that's kind of a positive thing, I didn't see many reps of him doing that, but if he's able to adjust to that, you could see him as the main third down back from, from the start. And, you know, maybe a couple of these other backs are taking more of the, of the runs on the early downs, but I think Sturman's going to immediately step in. So, so what do you expect from him early on? So I, I look at this running back room in a completely different way than, than, than you do. I look at, I think Kyle wants a speed guy and he wants a between the tackles guy. I think Sermon and Jeff Wilson are vying to be that between the tackles guy and Mostert and Elijah Mitchell are going to be the speed guy. Um, I think Mostert's going to win the the speed battle. And I think Sermon has a good chance of winning the between the tackles battle. But I think I, I think Sermon is Aaron Jones. I think that's how he's, he's going to be used. Obviously can be used out of the backfield, but they have a guy like Jamal Williams there who to, to take the load off and, and to do some different things. I think, like, think about how Tevin Coleman was used. Even when Mostert was running for 220 every game, Tevin Coleman was starting the game half half the time, and he was the between the the tackles guy. I think that's more what Shanahan is is shooting for, um, and I think Sermon is his new Tevin Coleman, hopefully a, a souped up version. But I I kind of look at his. I, I kind of look at it as two different positions on the field rather than RB one. Um, Cause I think they're going to do completely different things. And I think Kyle's going to have plays that he would call for sermon that he would not call for Mostert and same for the other way around. No, I think, I think that's an excellent analysis when you kind of talk about what they're going to do. I, I think I was, I was more speaking of just like overall touches than in terms of role, because I do think that you're going to in Kyle's system, you're always going to have three backs and you can have a one and a two, but the guy that supplements them is the big question. So I guess like what I'm kind of thinking is it's not like Raheem, like those guys are competing necessarily for the role because I think Raheem is going to get that, you know, he's going to be the main speed back. And I think Sermon's going to be, you know, the main power slash pet slash pass catching back. I'm um, si- similar to what you're talking about, Tevin Coleman. I, I think he will be much more productive, but I think they're more fighting for, all right, how are we winning? are we winning more with that powerful attack? Are we winning more with this outside zone scheme? And those two guys are there. And then the other two guys are are there to spell those two, but they're kind of battling of, all right, who's going to get more touches, you know? So, so I, I definitely think you're, you're spot on though with the, with the roles that those guys are going to play. Um, but, but anything else you wanted to add about this Trey Servant pick? Cause I'm, I'm hyped about it. I'm really excited. I'm super excited. Uh, just want to throw out, I, I just really quickly looked up 2019, uh, Niners rushing attempts. Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert had the same number of attempts, and Breida had 14 less. Coleman and, and Mostert had 137. Breida had 123. I would be like, I think Elijah Mitchell gets, I don't know, maybe 30 carries, similar to Hasty last year. And if if we had to throw out carries, I think Mostert probably gets 30 or 40 more than Sermon. But I think this basically ends the Jeff Wilson dream a little bit because I think Sermon's going to come in and 
take a lot of his his reps. Yeah, it would be it would be hard for Jeff Wilson to beat out Trey Sermon in in, in camp. That that'd be that'd be difficult for him. Yeah, uh, I still I still think that there's a good chance that we see a, a good amount of Jeff Wilson though. But Trey Sermon is definitely going to be. You know, I I think you're right about the carries, but I have to add, I think Sermon's going to catch a lot more passes than than Raheem will. Yeah, which he could like. Trey Sermon might have less carries, but he could end up potentially having more touches, which is he could have 40 catches. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I think that'll be really cool. I, I think this is probably one of the most exciting spots. Um, just in, when we start talking about like training camp battles, the running back room, I mean, it, that's going to be cool to see. Cause the thing, the thing about Kyle is that they're going to give it to the dudes that ball out the most, like they're going to get the ball the most. Also they could easily hold four guys on the roster. Um, if, you know, if Eliza Mitchell shows up and he's not a very good player, He's probably not going to make the roster. They have other guys there, so everyone's going to have to perform well if they're going to make this team. Um, and and I, I love to see the competition there. Uh, but I, I think that'll probably do it for Trey Sermon. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about him a lot more this offseason. But that's I think just our initial thoughts on him. Moving on to the the comp pick in the third round, the 49ers selected Ambry Thomas, who is a cornerback out of Michigan. He's six feet tall, 190 pounds. Uh, he's I'm very confident he is going to pretty much redshirt this year. And, and, I mean, there's no like starting positions in the secondary open, really. But he didn't play in 2020. He hasn't played a ton in his college career, and he's a guy that is definitely that was definitely drafted to be a future starter. But Aiden, you can kind of lead this one off. What do you think about the Ambry Thomas pick, and, and what do you kind of expect from him? It not only this year, but next year and just down the road. Uh, I liked the pick. I think he's a guy who we um, should expect to see start outside probably next year, but I think he's a really good depth piece. Imagine Verrett goes down in, 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 in week two. The Niners secondary looks, looks completely different than it, than it does right at this moment. We're kind of looking at it as a strength, but there's not a whole lot of depth there. So I think Ambry Thomas was a huge pick as a guy with potential um, who could who could potentially come in and he did play three years of college. I think he opted out this this final year. Um, but he's a guy who could come in and not be Brian Allen. Um, I know those 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 two words um, bring back some painful memories. But I think Ambry Thomas can play. I think he could play right away, but I don't really expect him to. I don't really want him to. Um, but he's a guy that I would love to see trotting out there week one 2022 with Lance Sermon and the rest of the offensive game. No, I I think that's what the 49ers kind of have in mind. Um, I think they drafted him. He's he's a pretty good scheme fit from what I read up on him. I, I watched a little bit of tape on him, not enough to like give a true evaluation. Um, but one of my friends who thought that hit that the Ravens should target a a corner in like this kind of range as as a depth piece as well, loved Ambry Thomas. And so right when it, right when Ambry Thomas got picked, he texted me like you guys got to steal. Like that's a great fit. Like he's going to come in. He's a great press corner. Um, and when whenever I was just like watching some of his his like plays, and also like when the, when the highlights came on during the draft, he's in press like every single play. So it's cool to see that because you know the Niners want to run a lot of press. Um, also, cool thing about him, it, he projects to be a guy that can play both man and zone coverage. Like he has the instincts to play zone, but he also has the athleticism to be a man corner. And also, we were kind of talking about it. We don't really know where his future is. We don't know if he's their future nickel or he's their future outside. So 
similar, maybe not in, in terms of, of draft capital or just like overall skill set of, of Emmanuel Mosley, but Emmanuel Mosley is another guy where he was kind of like thought as like, oh, he could be a nickel, also could be an outside guy. And he ends up having to step in and plays really well outside and kind of gets moved there. That's something that we could see with Ambry Thomas, where if, if you know, let's say K1 misses a game and he comes in at nickel and he dominates, there's a good chance he could be that future nickel. But same thing, you know, if a Verrett or an E-man go down and miss a couple of weeks, he could come and fill in there and they kind of say, hey, you know, we've seen him do good here. Let's see how he looks. And maybe we, there's a chance that we could even see him in 2021. Like I said, it's kind of like a red shirt year. Um, but if, if you're a backup on the Niners and someone goes down, like he, he very well could have to step in and play early on. So I do think there's a good chance there, but just, uh, I, I kind of wonder what, what they think he's going to be. Um, because I think that his career could play out a lot of different ways, but overall, I think he, he's a really good, very instinctual player, ran a four, three, seven, um, looks very athletic, played at Michigan, played in the big 10, you know, got to play against some good competition there. But, but overall, I think this was a good pick. I think this was a smart pick. We, we wanted to see a, a, a corner with, with a good amount of upside, and I think we're going to get that with Amber Thomas. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I expect him to play in some capacity this year, but I think there's zero pressure on, on him to play this year. He is a guy with, with tons of potential, and I think it was a good pick. Yeah, so I think that's probably going to do it for today's episode. Uh, really fun to kind of go over these guys that were drafted day one and day two. Obviously, a, a very long Trey Lance discussion, but plan moving forward kind of with the show is maybe a little bit less of like the daily quick videos and more of like a weekly podcast, maybe bi-weekly depending on what happens. And of course, if there's any you know news or rumors or signings, like we'll, we'll get on that and hop on real quick and, and have a quick discussion. Um, next week for, for our main podcast, we're going to be talking about Hufanga and then also definitely going to talk about Austin Watkins, very interesting player, undrafted free agent. Uh, you, you called it by the way, Aiden, in our, in our day three video, when we recorded that one, you said, Oh, the draft's still going on. Maybe you got like Austin Watkins gets undrafted and we sign him. So love that you called that one. <clears throat> um, but then we'll also talk about Richie James and we'll also talk about Jalen Hurd and, and that kind of wide receiver three battle. Um, but that's kind of where we project to move forward with the show. Uh, really excited for for how this offseason is going to go. Once training camp rolls around and we start getting the reports, I can try to like get in and you know maybe do some morning updates for the days that I've practiced because it's always fun to kind of monitor like all right how are guys looking? Because um, because every year you get a guy like I, I remember Kendrick Bourne was getting hyped up in, in his year of like hey this guy might make the roster or Matt Breida. Matt Matt Breida was early. That was OTAs I think where you kind of start to see him flashing. Um, so, so we'll keep you guys updated, let you know how the, how the younger players look. Any undrafted free agents that start getting exciting, we'll definitely start talking about them. But I think that's going to do it for today's episode. If, if you like this one, subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. If you're listening on podcasts, make sure to subscribe. And, and also, if you're listening on podcasts, five-star rating and review is super clutch. Definitely helps on Apple, so it goes a long way. Um, but that's going to do it. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back soon talking about 49ers football. Thank you.